we create these magical moments, these transcendent experiences? Since they exist only in a moment of time, if we don't document them, did it really happen? I think we all know that it's important to have some kind of documentation of the work afterwards because you've done so much work and then poof, it's gone. And after a show closes or after an event passes or after a class happens, if we don't have the video or photos, how can we prove how awesome it was to the people that weren't there live? As I moved into grant writing and proposal writing and then submitting awards entries, I also learned that it's not just about documenting my work visually that was important. I realized I needed to be documenting the process in terms of the goals and the challenges and what made the performance unique and exceptional because I found myself having to go back to a show I had created nine or 10 months ago or even years ago and get into the mindset and remember the details of the process to be able to write about it. So I'm gonna share with you lessons that I learned along the way and advice that I've gotten from others about why it's important to document your work as you go, how you can use this documentation and what you should be documenting. Being a circus boss is all about being confident on and off stage. It's about you living more of those powerful moments when time stands still and your audience is captivated and connected and everything feels right in the world. Welcome to the Circus Boss Podcast. This is the space where we talk about all things business and marketing related to circus so you can make those big dreams happen. We're your co-hosts, Brock and Eileen, and we help circus performers and producers manage your business with ease so you can spend more time on the flying trapeze. So if you're a circus boss that's ready for more, hit subscribe and join us every week. Your audience awaits. In today's episode, we are talking about documenting your work. I'm going to dive into why you would want to document your work and how you can use the material you create while documenting your work. And then towards the end of the episode, I'll share some concrete tips on what you should be documenting. Because when we create these magical moments, these transcendent experiences, since they exist only in a moment of time, if we don't document them, did it really happen? And I'm not just talking about performances here. If you're a coach, I've also got some tips on what you might want to be documenting during your work with clients and students. So thanks for tuning in for those of you that are here every week. And thanks for joining the conversation over on our socials. And thank you to Circus Talk for helping distribute our podcast. And this is my first solo episode today. So hopefully I will keep you engaged and entertained the whole time. <laughs> So I've created so many performances over my lifetime. I started actually choreographing shows in my living room when I was eight years old. And then I was a dance teacher choreographing for recitals when I was 15. I worked as a performer and choreographer in the modern dance world all before I started my circus journey around 2003. And my dance studio, when I was growing up, always filmed the recitals. In fact, I still have VHS tapes collecting dust on a shelf in my parents' house of all of my recitals, but I don't have videos and photos of all of the performances I created as a working professional. Some of them, but not all of them, because there's a whole portion of my career that I missed out on documenting because 
I didn't understand the importance of it or honestly, a lot of the times I was too busy creating the work to even think about documenting it or too busy performing to make sure someone on the outside can document it. So I also learned that it's not just about documenting my work visually that was important. As I moved into grant writing and proposal writing and then submitting awards entries, I realized I needed to be documenting the process in terms of the goals and the challenges and what made the performance unique and exceptional because I found myself having to go back to a show I had created nine or 10 months ago or even years ago and get into the mindset and remember the details of the process to be able to write about it. And I don't know about you, but I'm not good with details after the fact. So I'm going to share with you lessons that I learned along the way and advice that I've gotten from others. And because there's a lot of details that I'm going to cover today, I actually made a checklist that you can download. It'll be in the show notes or you can find it at circusboss.com slash document my work. That's just all one word, document my work. So I think we all know that it's important to have some kind of documentation of the work afterwards because you've done so much work and then poof, it's gone. And after a show closes or after an event passes or after a class happens, if we don't have the video or photos, how can we prove how awesome it was to the people that weren't there live? And honestly, having something after the fact can help with that post-show partum if you ever have that slump after you've created and birthed a creation into the world. There is that time sometimes when you might feel down a little bit. I know I've had it. Sometimes I go back and listen to the soundtrack over and over again or watching the video or looking at photos. Just helping relive that moment can help get through any post-show slumps that you have and also to remember how awesome you are having the proof and having it somewhere that you can go back and watch on a regular basis just to remember your value, your worth, your gift, what you're sharing with the world. Make sure you're remembering that on a regular basis. And then also documentation can help you learn because every time we do something, we get a little bit better. When you're learning a skill, whether it's choreography or performing or directing, you can learn from your mistakes. You can learn from what worked, what didn't work. And that's another great reason to have documentation, to look back on that and learn and accelerate your growth. And then also celebrating your wins. You can have viewing parties with your full cast, which my cast always wanted to have and I never made happen. I have to be honest, I was really bad at celebrating my wins. I was always on to the next project learn from my mistakes, take a moment and celebrate your wins and do some cast parties. Or if you just did a big workshop, do a viewing party, even a virtual viewing party where you just get everyone in a Zoom room and let's watch the the video. A lot of times we just share the video. Here's the video. Here's Here's how awesome it was. But maybe create an event around it just to help everyone remember it, have closure, feel that connection with that magical moment that happened. Another reason that it's important to document your work is it's a way to keep funders and fans and clients in the loop during your creative process. It's a way to get ahead of any helicopter clients that you might have if they're always checking in on you and they want to make sure, are they actually making the work that I've paid them to do if it's a first time client? Showing them your process along the way helps instill confidence and it can make them more hands off on event day. And if you're a performer that's working on a new act for a show, a new director, or even a director you've worked with, showing them rehearsal footage along the way can help them be involved in the process and feel confident about the product that you're working towards. 
And then also, it can help funders stay engaged if they're investing in you. They want to feel good and also they want to feel important and special. And another reason that it's good to think about not just documenting your work, but sharing your process with others is it can help you stay accountable. If you promise a weekly video or a monthly update, it keeps you on task and in the process of making and creating. And the third reason that it's important to document your work is your past success can instill confidence that you're capable of future success. So in marketing, word of mouth is so powerful, right? And if you can't have word of mouth, if this is new relationships that you're trying to create, the next best thing to word of mouth is social proof. So showing that you've been successful with other people is social proof. So it's really similar to word of mouth. They may not personally know the person, but somebody else is singing your praises and you're showing how you've helped somebody else. That instills confidence way more than any well-crafted sales pitch or well-crafted proposal, right? Just getting other people's experiences documented and hopefully their words, but at least documenting the process of working with somebody else. Because if you can prove that you can bring results, it kind of makes it a no-brainer for people that are looking to hire you or work with you. And as you're documenting what you're doing and using this as a form of social proof, we'll talk about case studies a little bit later, but I want you to think about learning how to talk about what your role is. So I see it all the time on social media, and I used to do it myself for years, where you'll post a photo from a show or from an event or even a, you know, from a class that you taught. And it says, thanks for having us, or I had such a great time, or, you know, something like that, that doesn't really tell me what did you do for this show? So let's take the example of an entertainment company. If I would just say, thanks for having us. We loved working with you for your holiday event. And then it tags all the vendors. Well, that's great. But what did I really do? How am I telling people what I actually did? You know, so if I could say something like, thanks for trusting us to create a customized theme for you for your holiday event. We loved making the snowflake aerialists and snowflake stilt walkers. And the contortion act was the perfect transition from social hour to dinner. That just told me so much. So thinking about describing what your role is and owning it and communicating it to others is also a part of this documentation. It's not just sharing, hey, it was great. You know, yes, it was great, but it was great because you probably did a lot of work to make it great. So learning how to talk about that is something I want you to think about. So how will you use documentation or material that you create while documenting your work? One area to think about is if you are doing, let's say, events, or I could see this with shows as well. If you're ever invited to do a promotional performance, kind of like as a marketing opportunity, maybe an open house or a trade show or a like a conference like APAP, you really want to maximize the most of that opportunity so that you can get more mileage out of it later. So that's something that should be on top of your list anytime you're doing any promotional or presenting situation. 100% you've got to get the most out of that. I want you to download my checklist and make sure you have all of these bases covered. 
Another area where you're going to be documenting your work is I talked earlier about funding. So if you have people that are funding your work or you want to have help with funding your work, there are great examples of people using this on Patreon. There's also Kickstarter or Indiegogo, or I'm sure there's other ones I'm not familiar with, but these crowdsourcing, crowd fundraising platforms really help. You can take people backstage and you can have different pricing tiers where people get access to a different level of information or, you know, insider scoops. I mean, this, the Patreon concepts comes from the concepts of being a patron for the arts and typically patrons for the arts gets to go backstage after the performance and meet the artists. They might get invited to a dress rehearsal. So that's where that concept comes from, but now it's like online and digital. So it's great. So I'm actually doing an IG live with Rachel Strickland because she's actually done a brilliant job of documenting her work and sharing it both on Patreon and I know she did either Kickstarter or Indiegogo to raise funds for work as well. So that's an incredibly important and valuable way to be thinking about documenting your work and sharing it with others along the way. Then with marketing after the fact, you can definitely use this as case studies on your website. You can use this on your social media you can do like IGTV, you can save snippets of photos and short videos in your stories and then save it to your highlights. You can do a carousel post about your process, basically sharing the work as it's being made. And maybe you can't share it while it's being made because of an NDA or something like that. But even sharing the process afterwards can instill FOMO for other clients that might be on the fence ready to hire you or shows that are interested in working with you and they want to see, well, what is this person's process? What are they capable of? I just feel like we don't share our process enough. I'm not just talking about documenting the work once it's done. Really, really think about documenting as you go and sharing that. Because if you create all of this documentation while you're going, that's going to be social media content at the ready for you to use when you're ready to post. And also, if you're doing a live event, like let's say you have a show where you're selling tickets to, this is what's going to help build excitement. If you're showing the rehearsals, if you're showing the costume sketches, if you're showing the lighting plot, you know, whatever you can show during the process, that's marketing. That's building excitement for the actual show. Then I mentioned earlier awards. So I did a ton of awards entries when I ran an entertainment company and I learned how to document my work to make submission time easy. Because when you sit down to write, you have to go into the mindset and go into the details and show the process and show the goals and the challenges that you overcame and all these details. It's hard when you're on a deadline in my experience, to make that as powerful as you can. I learned how to take notes and note things along the way. So I was building these case studies and awards entries. When I did these big events that I knew would be an award-winning event, I was planning ahead. I was documenting as I went. Now, there are event industry awards, both local and regional in the U.S. I'm sure that exists internationally as well. But then there's also the International Circus Awards I saw that was started this year. And I imagine there are other circus industry awards that I don't know about. Now, obviously, there's competitions where you go and you perform live. I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about where you have to submit an entry after you've done a show or maybe during the run of a show. But it's about something that's already happened. You're not performing it live. And so all you have are the photos, the videos and this writing 
that is going to sell the concept of the work to other people. And another area is grant writing. I mentioned this briefly before, but you always have to submit work samples when you're writing grants. Each grant is going to have a different amount of space that you can talk about the work sample. But even just thinking about distilling into a sentence, like what the goal of the project was, who was it for, and what impact you made. Learning how to talk about the experience will take the reader back in time as if they were there. And then proposals was another big area that we used case studies, again, for that social proof. And my recommendation here is if you do different types of events, like fundraising galas and weddings and holiday events and awards galas and corporate events, product launches, try to make a case study for each different type of event that you do. And then you can drop that into the proposal that you're making based on what type of event the proposal is for. And if you're a coach, you're going to want to have the transformation of when somebody starts working with you until they finish working with you or at different milestones along the way. That can be obviously marketing material on your website and on your socials as well. So let's now dive into what you want to be documenting. So I know that video doesn't always capture the energy, but having the right videographer can help with that. So Try not to just have one static camera in the back of the room on a tripod. Try to find somebody that can move with the camera and then talk about using techniques of slow motion and speeding up the footage and really talk about energy and look at samples of work from a videographer before you hire them and make sure they understand live performance and the fact that you want the viewer of the video to feel like they were there present. So I've seen it done. It can be done but a lot of it depends on the videographer that you hire. So that's step one is find the right videographer. And then in terms of what photos and what videos you wanna think about getting, I've talked about it a lot already, but I want you to think about getting the process, every single step of the process. Try to photo and video that as much as you can, not just the end product. But then also have talking videos. You want to think of building a personal connection throughout this too. So maybe it's you doing a little personal video after you just had a meeting at the theater or at an event space and you can say, I am so excited. We just talked about doing X, Y, Z and I'm going to go back to the studio now and get my performers in and start rehearsal or I'm going to run by the costume shop and start sourcing for costumes or, you know, what is your process? Let people know what you're actually doing. And don't be afraid to have your clients' voices too. Having video testimonials are a powerful way of really making that social proof. So you can have them interview style, or maybe you can just do an audio over where you're showing the video of the actual performance or the event, and you have the client talking over it. With coaches, for sure, 100% trying to get video testimonials from the people that you've helped And this is where I have a full photo and video checklist I'd love to offer you as a download, circusboss.com slash document my work. It's something that we created over the years of things you wanted to make sure you try to capture at an event. But then I also have advice on that for doing shows and for coaches. And so now let's talk about what you want to write about. I would recommend starting with like a creative brief. So when you're first starting out the project, really getting into words, what's the purpose of this project or the purpose of this class or workshop or event or, you know, whatever it is, what is the purpose? So what are the goals? 
And if you can try to include specific numbers, that makes it more quantifiable so that you can come back and visit those numbers in the end to show your impact. So thinking about your goals, whether they're goals that you have personally with a workshop or a show or goals that a client comes to you requesting, really getting that stated and written down. And then what are the requirements? So a requirement for a show might be that it's in the round and it has to be 30 minutes long and it has to tell the story of the town you live in, um, right? So what are, what are the requirements with coaching? It might be to achieve the goal in a week workshop. And for an event, it might be provide social hour roving entertainment and then a show during dinner with 10 performers with three stages throughout the venue and must have an element of aerial and fire. Okay, and then the target audience. So who is this for? Speaking about who is going to be watching the show or who's going to be doing the coaching with you, just getting clear on describing who you're creating this for, and then this original request or concept. Did a client come to you and say, oh, I want to do a show that's Alice in Wonderland themed and I want to go through the looking glass at this part of the evening. So before that, I only want to see the rabbit or the hare. And then after that, we see Alice and then during dinner are transported into the full world, right? Or did the client say, oh, we're doing an Alice in Wonderland themed event. What ideas do you have? And did you come up with that storyline? So being able to differentiate what someone brings to you as the original request versus what you're bringing to the table. I talked about that earlier. I want you to own that. (laughs) I want you to be able to talk about that. So that starts with what was the original request. Or if you're doing a project, maybe it's based on a grant. Like, is this grant for a specific social justice issue? Or is it for a relief effort? What was that original request or concept or parameters that helped you come up with this brilliant idea that you did? And then I want you to think about documenting the process. So this also is the process of ideation. Did you come up with it on your own? Did you brainstorm it with others? Did you do research? Did you go into the movement studio and improvise and film it? Talk about that. Share your process. It's juicy. People want to know about that. And then the creation process. Did you work by yourself? Did you work with a composer? Did the composer make the music first and then you made your work or vice versa? Did you have a costume designer? Did you have a lighting designer? Who was a part of that creation process? What was it like? Was it all collaborative? Was it one director? Talk about that and write about that. This is material that you can share with others that people need to know about you. And then this is a huge one. What challenges you ran into along the way and how you overcame them. So this is big, obviously, for that case study, social proof, showing future clients and future people that you want to work with, but then also in awards entries they really celebrate and look for what did you overcome? Because challenges happen, unexpected emergencies happen. And showing how you can be quick and problem solving has a lot of value. So always, always try to remember what challenges came up along the way. And it may be something like, well, we were going to be doing a fire show outside and then it rained. But luckily, we had a plan B. So we had our LED props and we were able to do an indoor performance instead. Okay, so maybe that's one solution. Another challenge might be you created an aerial piece in a studio that has 20 foot ceilings and then you get to the theater and it's a 70 foot fly space and it changes the dynamics of your swing and your spin and it changes all the choreography because you're doing ground and aerial integrated work. 
Well, maybe your solution was, well, to make this a touring show that could work consistently in any theater with different heights, we created a ground-based truss rig structure that we created the work on and took it on tour so that we can have that precision. But you didn't know that you needed that until the first time that you showed the work in progress in a taller theater. So that's a challenge you ran into and you overcame it. So really documenting that because that's the stuff that I find goes the first from my memory because after the fact, you're like, oh, this is what it was. But you kind of forget, how did it become that? What challenges, what unexpected things forced you to come up with that creative solution? And then even like you come out of a meeting and you're like, crap, <laughs> I just learned some new information that changes everything. Go write it down. <laughs> and then this is one too that's hard is you want to have a really clear description of what you provided. How many performers was it? So include numbers in this, you know, there was a cast of 10 and each person had five costume changes and we had seven apparatus and it was a 25 minute show and we had an MC and, you know, so describing the logistics, the details of it, but then also the journey where we started here and went to there and ended up there or it peaked at this moment and then we find the resolution of this. And then try to always schedule a debrief afterwards, hopefully with your client or the show producer or your cast, whoever was involved, your coaching client, maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's an in-person meeting, but some way of doing a debrief, even just internally with your team or internally with yourself, do a debrief afterwards because you want to get into the results. So this is also where you want to try to find numbers too. So if you're a coach, you know, do you show the before and after? Was there a specific number of a repetition of things that they started with 10 and they can now do 50? If it's an event, what was the guest count? What was their satisfaction survey? If it was a fundraiser, what was the increase in donations from last year to this year where you performed? So this is where we're getting into that impact and the results this is going to be really important for the grant writing and awards entries and honestly proposals too, showing future clients the results. People love numbers. So wherever you can get numbers in here is really going to help you. And then finally, just some other things that you want to think about being able to put into words. These are common categories that you will see on awards entries and really you can build them into case studies too. I actually got these off of the Circus Talk website. There was a page for the International Circus Awards. These are the three areas that they indicated they take into consideration when giving these awards. Originality. The show demonstrates an innovative, challenging, new, or experimental approach. So always learning how to talk about how what you're doing is innovative or new or unique. And then impact. We just talked about impact and results. This show makes a meaningful contribution to the field by expanding knowledge, acting as a catalyst for future inquiry, raising awareness of an understudied issue, or promoting diversity in subject matter, participants, or audiences. So I was focused on kind of numbers-based results, but this is also results and impact. Thinking about the effect that you're having based on a meaningful contribution to the field. And I see this question on events, awards entries as well. And then excellence. So this show exhibits an exceptional caliber and quality of execution within an award category. So that's another common one, even in the events industries for awards. So, and again, this is something you're going to want to show future clients. Why are you excellent? How can you demonstrate the caliber of what you do? So there's a lot here of what you want to be documenting as you go. 
I mainly focused on the writing because I think the photo and video a lot of us do have. So I do have the checklist that you want to grab at circusboss.com slash document my work. But also, I just want to leave you with my favorite tip for photos and it worked so well for us. Whenever you can, try to get a photo of you with your client. I learned this from a marketing guru years ago, and so it was on our photo checklist. At every event, we tried to get our performers in costume with our client. And the reason being is then we would take that photo and we would use it in a thank you card. So we used to do online thank you cards where someone would make it and send it for us just to streamline it and make it easy. And if you're interested in learning about one of those services, just hit me up on Instagram and I can tell you which ones we used. You can use a photo on a a postcard even, and on the back of it, send a thank you. Thanks for hiring us. Thanks for working together. But the reason it's important to have a photo of you with the client is because then they will want to put that up on their bulletin board or on their fridge at home because everyone loves pictures of themselves. And especially if you can get it in an environment that's cool. And with workshops, when you take that group photo at the end of it, yes, it's digital. It lives on social media. But if you can find a way to print it or get it on a postcard or a thank you card and mail it like hard copy old school to people, they'll put that on their desk. They'll put that on their fridge. And why is that important? It helps you stay top of mind. And when other people come over and they see it, they're like, wow, what is that. So it becomes a marketing piece for you. So always try to get a photo with you and your client. That's going to be on the checklist too, as well as other things. But I hope that you found this information useful. And if you take anything from today's episode, please, 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 please just remember to document your work as you go. Take photo, take video, and maybe keep a journal. Day one, I did this. Day two, I did this. And you can get so much more mileage out of these time-based things that happen and then disappear. Get more out of what you're doing and be more impactful in the world. So thanks for making it all the way till the end. I hope that my first solo podcast was exciting and entertaining and relevant for you thanks for joining us. And again, you can go to circusboss.com slash document my work for my document my work checklist. And if you found today's information valuable, I would be honored for a review on Apple podcast and let us know what you'd like to hear more of. I've got some episodes lined up for the next couple weeks, but what else do you want to hear about? We'd love to make that happen. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Keep being a circus boss.